Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Three-Tiered Eye. I'm your host, Payne Sullivan, and I'll be reading Chapter 30 of Metanoia, the first book in the Blockhead series. Let's begin. Chapter 30 The kind face of the man crinkled warmly, the bushy beard hiding his smile. A smile that had welcomed Beau and his daughter. A smile he had come to trust in the short amount of time he had known it. He saw again the genuine grin of someone who is willing to do the right thing, no matter what. I thought I killed you, Penn said. The liberator's hand whipped out, the fingers becoming jagged as they wrapped around Bo's body and slammed him to the ground. Avenus reacted instantly, lashing out from his arm. She coiled around the limb that pinned Poe down to save him. Adopting the same sharp qualities, she severed the arm, freeing the human from its deadly grip. With a rough scream, the stump yanked away, reforming slowly into a new hand as it recoiled. Holding the bleeding wound to his side, Pin glared at the bounty hunter in his morphed arm as the skin on his face shifted. Shards of teeth grew from the false mouth, decimating the charm of the visage. How dare you? Owen roared the last of the dead man's form fading away. Striking out again, she moved to attack, but her offensive maneuver was intercepted by Avenus. Intertwining together, the forms of the Hagloin tore at each other. Chek stood uncertainly, his gun at the ready, but hesitant. Shoot! Bo shouted. Avenus! the bird cried desperately. The Kana was unable to open fire in fear of wounding their friend, the writhing forms too similar in their vicious struggle. Ovenous, change color, Bo exclaimed. Through the chaos of limbs tearing each other apart in the sprays of blood, one of the aliens turned stark white. Almost at once, the tangled body of Owen matched, making it impossible once again to differentiate between the two. Again and again, the colors changed, from white to blue to green to black. They changed too quickly to keep track. As the struggle dragged on, Bo was beginning to feel the toll as his symbiotic parent was starting to lose strength. Pain shot through his arm, back, and neck as each wound was dealt to Avenus. On top of that, the more she felt, the more his head pulsed with pain. Fiercely thinking, Bo tried to ignore the agony seeping through his body. Inspiration struck him as a clanking rattle came from his belt as his body shook from the alien's fight. As if feeling his intentions, his mother shrank back from the onslaught, twisting out from the scuffle. Forming excruciatingly back into his arm, the shape was warped and oozed dark blood to the floor as Owen took on the form of Pin once again. Seeing his chance, the bird aimed his gun, but Bo held out his good arm to hold his fire. You're not so strong anymore now, are you? Pin's voice jeered at the wounded limb. You should have never taken this abomination when you escaped. It made you weak. But you deserve this. Even after what they did to us, you betrayed our kind for this lab rat. What was once the good man's face, split in half with a wicked grin, devoid of the kindness that graced its surface. Now, please, just die. Leaping forward, Owen stretched her jaws wide, her mouth lined with veins. 
With lightning reflexes, Bo grabbed one of the canisters that hung from his belt, tossing it down the monster's throat. Seeing what the hunter had done, Chuck squawked and ducked once again behind the desk. Gagging, Owen's momentum carried her forward straight to Bo. Kicking out with his boot, he caught her in the chest and sent her reeling back. Falling to the ground, she and Bo locked eyes. Owen, the Haglowin, parading his pin, solidified perfectly as the man. At that moment, the Dessen grenade exploded. It tore the facade of the body to shreds. The force of the blast sent Bo reeling back. Launched through the air, he slammed into the desk behind him, the blow knocking the wind from his chest. If he hadn't been wearing armor, he had no doubt his spine would have been broken. Slumping to the ground, he steadied himself with his left hand. What he had witnessed sunk in, wounding him more than when Owen had torn off his arm. Not in a physical way. No, this was strictly, horrifically emotional. He had just witnessed how Pin had actually died, his sacrifice to ensure that Jenna's life would be saved. If the Liberator hadn't blown himself and the mutants to pieces on Cost Curse, he and Bo would have been overrun. Without him, the Daros would have probably succumbed to her injuries. Shaken, Bo fought to control himself, his eyes stuck to where Owen had died. Her death brought retribution to the Liberator, but this did nothing to quail the dull weight in his chest. Pin, who had planted the seed of sympathy for life, was well and truly gone. As a bounty hunter, the most interaction he had with other beings were for contracts or to be paid. Despite the dire and forced situation, Bo had felt a connection with Pin and the others, a bond that he had never felt before, regardless of any differences they had. Looking down at his blackened armor, he shook his head. Now wasn't the time for such thoughts. He should be feeling triumphant, but there was only a hollow sadness that clung to him. Bringing himself up to a knee, his last thought on the matter was that maybe it was simply an appreciation for being treated more than what he was. Hopping up from the desk, Chuck stood over the man, extending a taloned hand. Taking it, Bo allowed himself to be hoisted to his feet. Injured? The comma asked. Bo's back still ached from the collision, and he had no doubt it was properly bruised, and his head still swam from the conjoined pain of Avenus. I'll manage, he grunted. At his side, the arm was repairing itself. The blood slowly stopped seeping from the wounds his mother endured. Bo had put together himself that Hagolin had incredible regenerative properties, but despite the knowledge, he still felt apprehensive. Avenus? he prompted. Give me a few minutes. I'll be able to piece myself back together, she said thickly. The way her words slurred didn't sit well with him, only deepening his concern. We must go, Chek said, peering out to the dark city. Right, the hunter replied. Alvis and Owen didn't have a subtle battle. While the dead shape Changer cleared out most of the mutant population in the area, the sounds of their fight no doubt carried through the cavern. The grenade probably didn't help the situation either. Help me with this, he told Chek as he moved to the warhead. The Conic cautiously grabbed hold of one end as Bo took the other. It was heavier than it had looked. Still too injured to assist, Alvinus hung like a flabby wad of meat from the human side. 
To make matters worse, Bo and Check were unable to match each other's gaits, forcing them to stumble. Feeling outrageously vulnerable, they twisted their heads, looking out for any signs of an oncoming attack from a dozen monster. Staggering against their own steps, they finally passed the lumpy body of the mutated lizard. Do you remember where to go from here? Bo asked. No, Chet coughed. Perfect. Ovenus, uh, which way do we go from here? The man asked. Shifting lethargically, an eye oozed to the surface of her skin. Blinking and swiveling about, she said, Left, left, forward, right, left, and forward if you want an accurate reversal. Following her directions, the pair trekked through the derelict city, the screeches of the mutants sounding closer and more agitated. Mending herself, Ovenus became more defined, the armor she mimicked becoming solid rather than spongy. Over the tired huffs of carrying the missile, Bo let out a sigh of relief for her recovery. Echoing around them, the roars closing in snuffed out the fleeting alleviation. The mutants had clearly been drawn to them. The time for stealth was over. Like it, Bo said firmly. Inelegantly, they hitched the missile more firmly in their grip and set themselves at a more frantic pace. The passing blocks were hard to recognize, the buildings all seemingly identical to each other. At last, through their panicked jog, Bo spotted in the bouncing beam of his light the glint of metal a few buildings away. Passing by the smashed body of the blockhead, they were almost in the clear. However, the reverberating drone of monsters was too close for comfort. Risking a look back down the cobbled road, he saw the biggest horde of monsters he had ever seen. It was a massive shadow in the distance. Blue lights spotted the mob, shining lights to the horrors that pursued them. Just run, he shouted. Fully healed, Ovenus now bore the burden of the warhead, although not as strongly as before. Bo supported it with his free hand as well, terrified of the sounds following them. Scratching footfalls were filling the air, the volume billowing up in the crescendo as the ravenous horde began closing the gap. Winding through the streets, their steps began to feel like a countdown. Again, he looked back to see the throng of bodies was even closer, hot on their heels. It was a blessing when the open tunnel was in view, only a few blocks away. Bo, prepare the other grenades! Ravenous shouted over the cacophony of screams. Fumbling, he tugged the small tubes from his belt. Keeping his fingers close to the safety switch on the top, he poised his arms ready to toss the explosives over his back. Don't use them yet, just have them ready, the Hagloran said. Their feet hit the unpaved stone, their boots scuffing on the rocky floor. As they crossed into the tunnel and appended shot from his mother's body, puncturing a pair of holes in the stone ceiling. Taking the grenades from Bo, she jammed them in the gaps and activated them. Not needing to be urged to run, they dashed away. Now a tendril of pure muscle, the Hagloin supported herself by Bo's side. She no longer needed help with the warhead and held it effortlessly in the air. After running over ten meters, the grenades burst, sending tremors through the caves. Behind them, the satisfying rumble of the entrance collapsing made him turn his head back. Alvinus's plan had worked, sealing the opening to the tunnel. Scrambling claws gashed against the barrier on the other side in vain. 
not even the light of the applicator shone through the cracks. By the grace of the universe, it was a solid seal. Back to the shuttle, Jack said breathlessly. Pivoting, they hurried back to the spaceport, eager to leave La Shada behind for good. Night had fallen over the place, the trickle of light from above extinguished. To illuminate their way, Avenus became luminescent, just as she did before. Passing by countless corpses, the sight of all the bodies around infused them with more vigor. Bo was done. He was tired of the panic and fear. He was tired of the weight of his armor and the constant activity. Weariness was taking a hold of his body, the aches and pain throbbing through him. He couldn't stop, though, because as he slowed, a deep rumble grated back in the tunnel. Maybe the barricade hadn't been as strong as he thought. Somewhere in the darkness, the swarm was careening towards them. Struggling through with his tired legs, Bo scrambled up the slope tunnel after check. In the darkness, it was almost impossible to tell when they would break even ground. After about a minute, however, his foot found the dirt of the spaceport's landing. Dodging between the shrapnel that stuck from the earth, they launched themselves toward the shuttle. Halfway there, the horde surged from the tunnel like a raging river. The monsters were clamoring over each other to be the first to eat them. Thankfully, they were too late. Their prey had made it to safety. From the airlock, Hansen held out a hand, pulling the two on board. All right, I've got them. Take off, the doctor called to the cockpit. Engines roared and flared as the shuttle lifted from the ground. It didn't last long, however, as the engines began to sputter. They had only risen a few feet in the air before falling back down. What's the problem? Hansen wailed. Landing gear stuck to ground. Hannes called as she rushed from the pilot's seat. Where are you going? Bo asked as the gleam passed. Grabbing her rifle, she stepped into the airlock before anyone could stop her. Her white eyes stared at them as the seal slammed shut as she said firmly, End the war. Take revenge. What are you doing? They all roared after her. Running to one of the viewports, Bo struggled to see what the alien was up to. Through the flares of the engines, he saw her aiming her rifle at the underside of the shuttle. An enormous beam of energy blasted from her muzzle, and the shuttle launched itself into the air as the landing gear was severed. Chek rushed to the cockpit to regain control of the craft as it spiraled upwards in the air, the thrust tossing them higher and higher. Still looking through the window, Bo saw the waves of monsters and applicators reach where the shuttle had rested. Straining his eyes, he barely saw the shadow of Hess bounding away, her scarlet scarf just visible from the light of the afterburner. Disappearing down the abandoned tunnels that surrounded the port, the Bleen swiftly escaped the horde, losing herself to the network of caves and passages. She was gone. The mysterious alien had saved them. Bo wished he could thank her. He had never met a Bleen like her before. One that had forged an identity and a culture that valued none. And defied everyone's expectations of embracing it. Sinking into his seat, he wished for Hess's safety. He wouldn't let the chance she gave them go to waste. On the ground below, the throng of monsters seemed lost. 
Unable to attack what had grabbed their attention, the mob spread apart as the shuttle lifted beyond their reach. Wind rocked the small craft as it broke over the edge of the spaceport. It wasn't much of a problem, though, as Chek proved to be a capable pilot against the gale. Tearing through the dark sky, they broke the atmosphere. As they flew, the Kano announced he was preparing to jump to the coordinates provided on the nav card. Half listening, Bo caught sight of something on the planet. Off in the distance, on a faraway island, a massive silhouette was aflame, the remnants of Koskers burning. He wondered if any crew members were still hiding aboard the space station when their group had escaped. For the crew's sake, he hoped none were left aboard. Breaking the atmosphere, the ship shook as it fought the gravity of Lashida. The blue field of energy wrapped around the shuttle, blocking out the pink waters of the planet as they jolted forward. They did it. The job was done. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of The Three-Tiered Eye. Metanoia, as well as the theme of the podcast, are both written by me, and you can find more of my work at pain-sylvan.squarespace.com, where you can find Amazon links to all my books, but not really anything musical. That was kind of a one-time thing. We have one more episode of Metanoia, and I am kind of flabbergasted that we're at this point. I think it's almost been a year now since I've done the podcast. I haven't really been good with keeping track of that. But through all my inconsistencies and breaks, we're almost done. And I guess in a way I'm a little emotional because... Like I said before, this was the first book I ever wrote. I have never really connected with characters more than this book. Because just things that happened to them are reflections of my own life and what I was going through when I was at the ripe age of 18 and fresh out of high school. And this is what I did. And now eight years later to be going back through it and transcribing it into an audio format for the world to listen to it's just been a truly incredible experience and I know I'm small time and that's not what's important I just feel so lucky to have the people that are listening listen to me now, and I couldn't thank you enough for joining me on this long journey, and to continue joining me on my other stories that will be coming in the future. So, thank you so much for listening. We have one more chapter. Have a good night.